This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the lovely Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? And we are right at the beginning of December, which is otherwise known as Hell Month for moms. (laughs) (laughs) It's like hazing time. You get dropped into the thick of it this time of the year. It's just crazy. The happiest month of the year. No, it is. It is the happiest month of the year, especially if you have a lot of boundaries in place, which we're discussing today. Yes, today's our- episode is brought to you by the letter B. B <laughs> is for boundaries. boundaries. And our guest her, happens and to be. Be- yes, she also starts with a B. It is Bethany Brown Silva, and she's an on-air parenting, entertainment, and lifestyle expert and the host of The Breakdown with Bethany, the podcast and web show on mom.com. She's the former editor of parenting.com and frequently writes about the latest and greatest gear for parents and kids, as well as health, women's lifestyle, pop culture, home, and food topics. Her work has also appeared in People, Real Simple, Shape, and Parents. And she's the author of the book, Like a Mother, Banish Guilt, Blaze Your Trail, and Break the Rules to Create a Life You Love. And she is the mom to two boys, Elias 11 and Jake 8. And we hope you enjoy our interview with Bethany. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. That, that's Bree's that's, that's intro music right there. <laughs> Bree, you need to give us the intro music. Do it again. Ba, 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 ba. 
That's so it. if you're ever a guest on the so- No Guilt Mom podcast, you will always hear the free transition music, but we, we have a guest. Bethany, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. I love hanging with you guys. Thank you so much. We first got to hang with you at our Mom Ignited Summit, and you were one of the favorites there. Gave such great and reasonable advice to moms. And I'm excited to dig into all the self-care stuff because self-care is something that gets such a a complicated rap on social media about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So how have you seen moms be critical of themselves, Bethany? Well, I think we're all super hard on ourselves, especially when it comes to parenting, or maybe it's not, we're not at that pre-baby weight, like physically, like how we're looking, how we're feeling. It's, and it's, it's garbage. Like it, it, it's, I don't know really where it comes from, like outside influences, internal influences, maybe someone in your family, but it is so not what we need to be focusing on for ourselves, for our kids, for anybody. So I'm especially hard on myself when it comes to my career, you know, I feel like I'm always way behind where I should be. And now I'm going to, I'm working on for the new year to really start to manage that a little bit. I have that way behind kind of, I guess, mindset, you would call it. I have that too. This thing that you're looking at everybody else out there and you're thinking, oh my gosh, they have it so together. And I'm not doing like A, B, and C. And then you just like pile on the shoulds on yourself. Do you get that? I get that a ton. I get that a ton. And then I go into a little bit of the woo stuff, which I don't know if you guys are into. Like, oh, tell me the woo stuff. It's the universe's timing. It's not my timing. It's happening. It's just not happening right now. <laughs> like all of that. So I'm like very big into like my Instagram. I don't know. I fed it. I liked one post. Now the algorithm just feeds me all of this manifestation. The universe has got your back stuff. And I'm like, I just eat it up. I eat it up. Isn't it crazy? It's like, that's how it goes. I, okay, I'm sorry. Somewhat related. Bree's going to go a little bit off, off on a little bit of fork of a left here. But just last week, I had that, or two weeks ago. I don't know. One of the Instagram followers, and Joanne knows that I love to follow animals. I like dogs. I like cats. That's what I try to do with my social media. But Hammy and Olivia, shout out to Hammy and Olivia. Poor little Olivia, the corgi, passed away unexpectedly. Oh. And they've had a really hard time with the passing, right? And there's been a lot of posts about it. And I remember looking at my husband being like, I feel like there's something going on with the universe. He's like, why? I'm like, because Olivia passed away. It's all over my feed. And then another friend of mine, their dog unexpectedly passed away and it's all over the feed. And then now another friend, I had four people that had their animal pass away and their feeds pop up on my Instagram. And it's funny, Bethany, because you're like, is it the universe or is it the algorithm? It is totally the algorithm. It is that is the algorithm <laughs> for sure. And so like on top of all the holiday stress of Thanksgiving, I was terrified my dog was about to die. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but it's interesting because social media really has a part in, to play in how moms are critical of themselves. Because Bethany, like you said, you liked one post and then you got fed all of this stuff. So if you like one of those posts about these perfect family pictures, guess what you're going to see all the time? I have to constantly remind myself that a lot of these perfect, beautifully curated homes, this is their job. This is what they get paid to do, to have this right? home. This is, I'm, this is not my job, so my well, home will never look like that. And like throw that in with the whole, like you were talking about, like, I might not be at pre-baby weight. You look at celebrities or people on Instagram and you're like, God, how did they get themselves put back together? They have time. They have a chef. They have a nanny. They have all of these resources. 
Yeah, or Photoshop. And, it's, and yeah. or like, right, it is that person's job to do X, Y, Z. So yeah, giving ourselves that grace. It is really interesting though, like what we're exposed to and what we can manifest into the universe because I kind of am like iffy with woo, but also it gives you something to believe in rather than being so hard on yourself. Because if there's some other factors in play that you have no control over, that's something that you can let go, especially in terms of anxiety and stuff like that. How does that anxiety play in with you, Bethany? I can get really wrapped up in my anxiety. I think a lot of mothers, I actually for a really long time, I don't know if you call it like dealt with or suffered from those, what is it called? Like that, I might say the word wrong, but like that uh, catastrophic thinking, right? Oh, Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm an expert. Yeah, like something really irrationally bad was going to happen to my children or me or something. And but really, in the context of motherhood of being a mom, like I wasn't going to be there for them or they weren't going to be there for me. And then I don't know how comfortable I am talking about this, but I think it's worth saying. I went on Lexapro like for a little while. I don't know. I'm just like putting it out there oh. because it, yeah, girl, it was... join the club, girl. We're with you. We're with you on that. <laughs> and it wasn't for de- it wasn't yeah, it wasn't for depression. It wasn't for and it was mostly for this anxiety and this catastrophic thinking. So I, I, and a part of what I do as a parenting writer and an editor and on my own podcast is I really work hard to destigmatize these sorts of things from mothers. So it's important for me to be honest about where I was at with my mental health for so long. So I was taking that medicine for anxiety and, and it helped. <laughs> now I'm sort of like the kids are older. I'm able to kind of manage my own in certain ways. And I know when I'm feeling off and things like that. But I think when you're really in the thick of it with young kids, and if you're dealing with other things, and then I think a lot of it is like the outside influences, but know that there's there might be a solution for you. Maybe it wasn't something that you had traditionally thought of. Yeah, no, mental health is a huge thing. And I don't feel like enough people talk about the medication. Like you hear the natural stuff on Instagram. And you're like, I did all this without taking medication. And it's just so important to realize that meds are a tool. They are a tool in the toolbox. There is no shame associated with it. There is nothing. I mean, Glennon Doyle, for instance, I, I always remember this. I know. Yeah. I, yes, I don't say it. Do it. Say it. Her song. Yeah. Yes. It's like, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For he gave me Lexapro. <laughs> I mean, how many times have I sung that to myself? So yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. Glennon, if you're listening, we need you to come join us. Come join us. (laughs) But I love that. I love it. It was so destigmatizing. And then other celebrities and stuff, when they come on and say those things, and gosh, I am totally blanking on her name, um, but she was on The Good Place. Um, Kristen Bell? No. I'm going to look it up. Her name is Jamila Jamil. (sighs) Oh, I guess I know her. (laughs) Yeah. She's very outspoken about like body positivity and stuff like that. Yeah. I see her posts and it brings me such joy. And it was her seeing her admitting that she is taking anxiety meds that actually got me to start taking anxiety meds because uh, she mentioned something when she was on Jennifer Hudson's show and she like tripped over a couch and she just handled it so perfectly that it was due to her anxiety medication. And so when you see people in a public sphere saying, hey, this is the stuff that I struggle with and here is like what I'm doing about it. It is so refreshing because it it just helps. But Jamila, Jamila is really great on that. So we're going to get into now what we can actually do to take care of ourselves now that we know that this is an issue for so many women. And we're going to go into the steps that you recommend right after this break. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick treatment away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Okay, Bethany. So we know that so many women are self-critical of themselves. So if you're listening right now and you're like, yes, yes, and yes, you are in the absolute right place because there is a way that moms can start prioritizing self-care beyond the typical manis and petties. So what is one of the first things you recommend for self-care? Boundaries. And oh, a, I love boundaries. <laughs> it's, it's such a like overplayed word. People are saying it all the time. And I really recommend mothers to set boundaries with their own children. Now, that oh might gosh, seem yes. really scary, but I, I want to reassure you that setting boundaries with your children on your time and your space does not mean setting boundaries on your love. <laughs> there's not, there's no limit on the love that you're going to give them, but there might have to be a limit on the time that you give them during certain periods of the day, certain peaks in your career or anything like that. So I'm really, I, I know when boundaries are being crossed, I'm an only child. I need space. I need silence. And as any mother knows that it could get really heavy sensory overload very quickly when you're raising young kids. 
you don't want to be touched anymore right. in one day. No, I don't want to, and I don't want to hear them. <laughs> I don't want to hear them. They need to go in a room. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know that, I really know that about myself. So for me, I need that time. I need the time to just sit in peace and quiet, to be uninterrupted. I work from home. And I think that a lot of these kind of boundaries are blurred, right? Like now that a lot of us are working from home, we had a pivot during the pandemic and where I sit in my bedroom and work, but this is also my office. So just because I'm home and you're here, doesn't mean it can come in the the endless interruptions during work as a writer is is really, really horrible. It's horrible. And it was driving me so insane. So now I put a sign on the door or talk to them really just about having respect for like my time, like as I'm working. And they get the cool thing is what I am able to do. So I'm able to show them, okay, you gave me this hour. Here's the article that I wrote, or here's like the segment that I put together that's going to be on television. So in a way, it helps them understand like tangibly, like when they give me this space, here's the product, so here's the outcome of that. I'm not just trying to get away from you. I love you. My Both of my kids are eight and 11 slept in my bed last night with me. So it's not about boundaries. No, like you can be all over me. We, I love you. Like that's it. We're very, we're very close. Like, cause you know, but, but when I'm working and I know this about myself, I need that space and time. There's so much in there to dig into though. I see Brie, you want to say something? I was just going to say it's, I say this a lot. It's such a gift to your kids. Because you're teaching them that completely giving yourself up to somebody else is not the way to communicate love, nor is, I mean, it's just, I'm going to say it's not the only way, but it's definitely not a healthy way. It's teaching them that you can be your own person. You can do things that give you that space and that make you happy instead of them coming with, can you notice that perhaps Brie had this ideology when she was little? I always blame it on watching too many 80s romantic comedies. Which are problematic all in themselves now, if you look back at some of romantic comedies. right? Like, <laughs> like growing up thinking like that's, oh, love means that I sacrifice everything for everybody else. That's what that means. No, it doesn't. And then you're miserable. And then it starts that spiral. I'm doing something wrong because I'm miserable. No. Well, another thing that really like starts that thinking process that you're doing something wrong is that kids will have some pushback when you start setting boundaries. And that pushback is a really hard and emotional thing to deal with. And it brings up all of that guilt in you. So one of my big boundaries, like I need my sleep. I need sleep. If it is past 10 PM, do not come in my room asking me to do something for you. That's not going to happen. And my son, he's 10 and he still has a bedtime which is like 9.30. So 9.30, he's in bed. Cool. My daughter's almost 15. She doesn't have a bedtime anymore. There's no giving teenagers bedtimes. And I tell you, the other night, she went to go see the new Hunger Games prequel movie with some friends. And she came back at 11.30. My husband went to pick her up. I'm there sleeping. There is a sleep mask on my face. And all of a sudden, I am woken up because she has my hand. And she's like, Mama, Mama, let me like tell you everything about the movie right now at 1130 at night. And she's being so sweet about it. And what I found is she's been sick over the weekend. So she has bloody noses. And my husband said that she was anxious about her bloody nose and needed that. But that's what she did. She was like, Mama, I love you. Oh, and I'm worried about this. (laughs) So we had a discussion the next day. And I'm like, if you see me asleep, like you cannot wake me up. And what I found from her is that she thought I easily fell back asleep after being woken up. So she was totally okay with it. My kids have that thought process too. I don't know where it came from that, oh, I can just come in and wake you up whenever. No, no, no. That was the easy one. At night. (laughs) 
That was an easy one with her, but a harder one was like when I set a boundary, like I was working and she basically accused me of ignoring her for my oh, phone. My, my eight-year-old does that all the time. I'm always on my phone. I'm always this. And I, maybe I am a little bit too much. And I, and you know what it is, is you try to explain to them, this is important to me. This is for work, but it's hard for them to grasp that they're not everything to you at every moment right and maybe they are but it's sort of like those like the glass balls the plastic balls like which ones can drop in a certain moment and if your kids aren't like in dire need but this is like something that fills your cup then I I say go for it and the guilt I'm a big proponent and like I'm not a psychologist but I push through guilt a lot because it doesn't serve me and my father taught me that I'm an only child I have a lot of guilt like how I was with my parents this is like a completely this emotion does not serve anybody so anytime I'm feeling it I don't sit with it I just push through it. (laughs) So I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but I push through it and I feel better. No, I actually love that because a lot of the reading I've done recently about guilt is that you cannot make guilt go away. You have to learn ways to tolerate it until it passes. And I think what you do right there is you push through it and eventually it passes for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, that's good. I think a great thing you said there too was this emotion is not serving me. That's a big piece that a lot of us have to be able to move on with. If you, again, like Joanne and I have talked about how we both have anxiety. Like it does this it, right now, is this situation serving me or not? And if you can get to the point where you can move forward through it, that is awesome. But that one question right there is a game changer. It's good to know that. And it's good to know also when you set boundaries, you do have people who push against them and resist them. And that's the hard thing about setting boundaries. It's not just the initial, I need this time. It's the, what do you do when somebody else doesn't respect that time? So what do you say for that, Bethany? What do you do when someone else does not respect your boundaries? And we're going to get your answer right after this break. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com 
petinsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So we talked how important it is to set boundaries as a term of self-care. So what do you do, Bethany, when somebody pushes against your boundaries? So I actually, if I could quote or reference another woman, Erica Day, who is incredible. And I actually interviewed her for my book. And she is sort of a boundary expert, like really fantastic woman. And and I asked her that question. I said, what do you do when the boundaries broken when it's not respected? She goes, set it again. <laughs> you just have to keep setting those boundaries. It's like when you're trying to teach your kid anything, it's never just a one and done thing, right? You don't potty train in one time and then it's, and then expect your kid to have learned it. So it, you just have to, don't be afraid to set the boundary and then don't be afraid to reset it. And if you have to tweak here and there, because you see maybe your child really is struggling during that time from not being away from you, to be able to be adaptable, right? In the moment, right? So, and and that's sort of my, what I, if people ever ask me like what my parenting style is, I say that too. I'm just very adaptable to the moment, but keeping those boundaries in place when they really are serving everybody. If they have to serve the person who they are, you know, the boundary, the boundary person, right? Who is protecting. But you know, when you're dealing with kids, but has to also serve them in a way. And if it's not, then reset it, reevaluate and do all of that. But that was really something that I think about a lot too, because my kids still feel little to me. And when they're feeling neglected or not listened to, that's hurtful to me. I feel bad. I feel it's not a, it's not a great place to be as a mom, but then we just reevaluate. Let's figure this out. Okay. Maybe this isn't the best time for me to be away from you so I can work. I'll figure out, I can figure out another time. Yeah. With kids in particular, like it's a really hard thing to, to set those boundaries with little ones. As they get to teenagers, you can use those more adult tactics of setting boundaries because they need that. They need to know that. Something that I found that's really helpful for boundaries is like defining them in three types. So you have your rigid boundaries and those are the boundaries that you don't move for anything, which really aren't great for parenting. You have your porous boundaries, which is basically like when you set the boundary and then you're like, oh, this happened. Oh, I'm just going to let it slide right through. Oh, this happened. I'll change everything I do for that. So that doesn't work either, but you're talking about healthy boundaries which is setting them and evaluating the situation in terms of your goals and your values in particular for your kids and reevaluating them and then resetting them. Yeah, that's I live by that. It's a hard thing. Boundaries are a hard thing. And it's self-care in particular in dealing with boundaries. What's an instance, Bethany, that you have really had to set a boundary in outside of work, something that replenishes you outside of work that may have been just for yourself, not serving your kids, 
but that you had to do a boundary for? Yeah, I think I mentioned a little bit before. It's really just like having that alone time. My husband came from a really loud family, lots of people always in and out and having my boys. And it's just for some reason, an hour before bedtime is the time that everyone decides they want to start wrestling. And it's, it is, it's crazy. So I get, I'm very sensitive to that kind of sensory overload. I don't, you know, my kids could have the TV on and music and be screaming and everyone's cool. So me, I, I'm not cool with that. And so this really helps to serve me is really just removing myself. So if I can't set the boundary in the home where, where you know, and, and more often than not, when I'm not working, like, I, and I feel like I need to leave, I'll just have to leave. I'll have to remove myself in some kind of way. And sometimes I'll just go in the car. Sometimes it's a drive. Sometimes it's, I don't know, just getting out, removing myself because it's not fair to ask them, right? Like, Turn this stuff down. Like you're being so loud, right? Like they're having a great time with their dad. <laughs> have at it. Like, and I'll go. So for me, that mental health aspect of just having time to decompress in silence is really important. And I didn't realize how important it was until I was burnt out, realizing like, why do I feel so bad when, you know, work is okay and my relationships are okay, but something's off. Like something's just not sitting well at, in my home with my family. And I realized it was just like the constant noise that just like everything, the visual, the auditory, the touching, like everything. And so for me, it's just, instead of asking them to not do that, it's, I'll just, I'll go ahead and, and remove myself. And if I can't go outside, then I go up into the bedroom and until they find me. <laughs> yeah. Quietly remove Closing myself. yourself off, closing the door. But I like the fact that you found a solution that also gave you, because uh, having the solution was like, okay, everybody be quiet, everybody calm, everybody like bring down. You still have the fact that they're all right there and the touching possibly, especially if you're like over sensory there. I like that your solution is able to give you a break. Your kids are with their dad. Dad is chill. Awesome. Let's do this. And you get to just extract the mental load. Because there's also the factor too. Anybody else here that's, oh my God, they're wrestling. Oh my God, so-and-so is going to get hurt. They're going to break that face. They're going to like mess up that couch. They're going to knock over the, the juice. Like it's like all the they're things. They're going to go too far and make their brother cry. And then I'll have to deal with all those emotions. And then like. <laughs> Which I have been there. I've been there. And it's, and I actually like, yeah, and that really is the only way. Not only can I like help serve like all the sensory stuff, but yeah, all that anxiety around like breaking the house, breaking somebody's face, breaking like filling <laughs> stains. And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. Like he's got this. Dad's got this. I'm going to go. And whatever happens, we'll deal with it later. Well, we know a big part of mental health is to always have something to look forward to. So what are you looking forward to right now, Bethany? That's exciting you. Yeah, I've had a lot of good momentum. I know I was saying like, oh, sometimes I get down on myself for my career about, but I also think about how far I've come. And this 2023 brought me like a lot of really good, planted a lot of seeds. And I'm really excited to see them blossom in 2024 and beyond. And maybe it's, you know, with expanding the podcast, writing more, working on a second book. But I, for me, I do feel like in many ways I've hit the sweet spot like in my life, I'm approaching 40. The kids are really, they're older. They are more self-sufficient. Things seem good. And it was not without tons of work leading up to this part, this time. So I, in many ways, I'm able to really turn inwards, put that attention and that self-care, like back into myself, my career, the things that really make me happy. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And I haven't felt this hope, hopeful and like really having such a positive outlook in a, in a long time. Because when you're really in the thick of parenting, sometimes you're kind of just like heads down, grinding, just getting through day by day in survival mode. And I just feel like I'm on the other side of that now. And it feels really good. 
That's a huge, huge celebration to have. Well, it has been amazing talking to you, Bethany. We have learned so much about boundaries and how you set them in your own life and how it looks like setting them working from home with kids. And we just love you. And thank you so much for being here. (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you so much. And I just want to sing, B is for boundaries. That's good enough for me. B is for boundaries. That's good enough for me. I I don't know that. What is that from? I think it's a Sesame Street song, but I just made it B is for boundaries. Oh, C is for cookie. That's what I'm doing. Oh, (laughs) I was like, where did I get that tune? I was was impressed. I'm sitting here going, wow, Joanne's just like weird all Yankovic in this, just like creating it on the fly. And here we go. I cannot do that. That's what we do in my house. We make songs about things that we just, I'll sing randomly and then we'll, we'll make funny lyrics to it. My kids are both pretty quick, like with the, ins- <laughs> they'll do the insults or they'll do the quick comebacks, especially my daughter. So oh, yeah. I have to keep up my game. I'm trying to think the quickness in our house is how fast can Miguel or I quote an 80s song or 80s movie? <laughs> That's the quickest comebacks we have. There's nothing original. It's just, did you say something that gets one of us to go say something? And I'm like, now all I can think of is that's what she said, but that's not our normal one. I got in so much trouble with my daughter for saying that. There was some line and I was like, I said under my breath, that's what she said. She's like, mom, did you just say that's what she said? And I'm like, yes. She's like, people don't say that anymore, mom. (laughs) Old people do. And we're old people. That I was actually my my big favorite one is like, where's my two dollars? And only some people will get that reference. I don't get that one. It's a it's it's okay for our age group for yours and mine, Joanne. Like it's a movie that uh, is not everybody has seen. It's called Better Off Dead with oh, John, John yeah John Cusack yeah. And there's this scene where like the paper throughout the entire movie the paper boy is trying to get his money and he's like stalking the main teen character. It's not even his house. It's his parents, but he's stalking him and he's like, I want my $2. So whenever anybody asks for anything in this house, Miguel and I will be anywhere. And all of a sudden you hear somebody run down the stairs. Where's my $2? And my kids are just like, you guys are idiots. You're idiots. (laughs) No, no. We do that with Dora. (laughs) I'm a fire chicken. Bok, bok. (laughs) (laughs) It's from a Dora episode. I I thought I knew Dora pretty well, but I do not know the fire chicken one. It's a chicken dressed up as a firefighter. That's all you need to know. Well, that sounds very. I need to see that now. Now I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm gonna have to look I'm a that fire up. chicken. Bok bok. <laughs> this is what we do all the time. And then there's this other Dora episode. It's not. A, it's actually not a Dora episode. It's a YouTube video of a parody of a Dora episode, and. and it's talking about burying dead bodies. I was going to say, this is going to take a dark turn. I can tell. <laughs> Where's my shovel? Shovel! <laughs> I have never seen a non-dark spoof of Dora. <laughs> They're always very interesting, but yes. They're, yeah. It, just the dark humor combined with children's things. It's funny. <laughs> yes. I don't know. There's this one Family Guy episode I think about all the time, especially when my kids are whining about something or saying like, oh, huh? I can't believe this is happening. It was just one of those little inserts in Family Guy where he was, Peter Griffin was watching TV and it was uh, fast animals, small children. <laughs> and the boy was like, oh no, I spilled honey on myself. And then it cut to the tiger with music. Oh, what am I going to do with this honey? 
like that's what I think about each time. Like my kids are like, oh, I can't believe we're having pizza for dinner. Tigers running. You got to get through it somehow, right? Oh my good lord! There's the glimpse into the minds of no guilt mom of the two of us. It's how we keep sane. It and is. How, how because, we get through the day-to-day. Because this is a rough time of the year. And that is why, I'm going to try this back in. That is why you need healthy boundaries. And you need to excuse yourself so you can giggle in silence in your room <laughs> or wherever. Yeah, About whatever it is that brings you that happiness. Yes. Because and, you need it. And if your kids are whining about something that they ha- don't have for Christmas, just think fast animals, slow children. <laughs> There you go. That is our holiday season gift to you. (laughs) So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.